There are a number of things that uh, makes Christianity dis distinct to every other religion on the planet. There's a virgin birth. Well, who else can boast that? No one. There's a death on the cross. No other religion can talk about that. Uh, dying for the sin of the world. But maybe the crowning glory is the, what we celebrate today, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead when he defeated Satan, death, hell, and the grave. So it's a great day and a great day to rejoice and for us to celebrate. Never in the history of the world had there been an empty tomb. Only Jesus could do that. So the resurrection, I believe, released God's power for all of us to experience breakthroughs in our lives in any area in which we may need it. So today is all about God's power that I wanna share with you and uh, the victories that he has in store for our lives. And so the verse on my heart, one of the verses God's given me for today is uh, Jeremiah 32, 17. There is nothing too hard for you. It's not on the screen, unfortunately. Can we say that together? There is nothing too hard for you. How many of you believe that? Ah, about 5%. Well, let's pray that by the end of the service, your faith will rise. And you begin to believe that whatever you're facing today, there is nothing too hard for our God. You know, for every person today who's struggling, the resurrection gives you hope because it can change and transform your life. As you follow Jesus, you won't always be like you are today. Thank God for that. Aren't you glad I'm not always gonna be like I am today? I am going to get better. Thank you for that great response. <coughs> You already think I'm good enough, so I don't need to get any better. But I'm believing for you that you guys are going to get better because you need to, all right? I want you to be more like Jesus. And because of the resurrection, He can transform you more into the image of Himself. And isn't that what it's always about? You see, you won't always have the struggles you have today. Anyone pleased about that? God's going to change things. And the resurrection is what gives us hope. God's Word says your future is full of incredible blessings. Now, some of you might be finding it hard to actually believe that because here's, here's the point. You've got to believe, are you going to believe the facts or the truth? All right? So the facts say, gosh, my future looks bleak. The truth says, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. What are you gonna believe? The facts, it don't look good, or the truth, there's great future in store for you. That is God's will. I choose to believe the truth. Oh, the facts say, my circumstances are a disaster. The truth says, Romans 8.28, we know all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. So today, can I encourage you to believe the truth of God's Word over the facts of what your circumstances may be saying to you. And how will you believe the truth? You gotta read the truth. <laughs> if you don't read the truth, you're gonna just believe the facts and live in defeat and despair when you don't need to get into the book. Find the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
The truth works miracles in our lives. Tell the person next to you, get into the book. Find the truth. <laughs> Find the truth, all right. Okay, because of the resurrection for you, God turns defeat into victory, loss into gain, despair into delight. We're going to look at Peter. You're going to be surprised looking at Peter because the resurrection totally transformed this person, absolutely changed him. And so we're going to go to Matthew 26 and we're going to read some verse. We're going to read a number of verses today. Is it all right if we read the Bible? Are everyone okay with that? All right, this makes up for those of you who have not yet read your Bible, all right? And I'm not talking about today, I'm talking about all week. <clears throat> but I'm sure there's no one like that here. Uh, Matthew 26, 31 to 35. I just love all the people that don't refer to their Bible because they've memorized it. This, this church is on to that. 31 to 35. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because you, I will never be made to stumble. <laughs> Peter, go Peter, big mouth. Jesus said to him, assuredly I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. That's interesting, eh? So it wasn't just Peter, it was a whole, whole, whole lot of them. All right, so here's the deal. I will not deny you. Jesus says you're going to deny me tonight. What a short-lived commitment. I mean, it didn't last 24 hours. Well, <clears throat> well, before you judge Peter too harshly, all of us have made commitments to Jesus and not kept them. We have failed. So here's a question for you. How many of you said to the Lord, Lord, I'm not going to do that again. And you did it again, right? And, you know, all these problems. So how many of you have failed in your walk with God in some area? I have. So you're not a lot better than Peter, folks. Let's go easy on Peter. So how many of you let, have let God down in an area of your behavior? Maybe you said some things you shouldn't have said. You lost your cool. Um, you know, you, you didn't control your tongue. Anyone guilty? <laughs> yeah. Watch, careful on this one, don't manifest. You didn't turn up for a roster? I rest my case. My point is this, 100%. There's not a person in this room who's not made some declaration to Jesus, like Peter, I will never deny you. <laughs> We've all done it. We're all guilty as charged. So Peter really encourages me. I just love the fact that Peter's in the Bible. Because here's an apostle who denies the Lord, fails Jesus, and that gives all of us hope. Because it means we can recover from horrendous mistakes and failures. Because if Peter could recover, then so can you and so can I. See, we can all relate to Peter. But see, for Peter, it gets worse. And what, you know, what amazes me about the Bible is 
It's raw honesty about its heroes. It's, so let's go to, what is it? Verses 69 to 74, Matthew 26. 69 to 74. Okay, now Peter sat outside in the courtyard and the servant girls came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all saying, here's the denial. I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. A little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you are also one of them. Maybe you've failed more than once, maybe twice, maybe three times, maybe more than that. Surely you're also one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. So, he denies Jesus with an oath. It's a bit like putting your hand on the Bible, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Not that he did that. But each denial gets stronger. The third time, he curses and swears. Now, I don't know what he said, but it's not good. I suggest. Luke 22, verse 60 to 62, Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. They say in those days, I have not been there to check it, that courtyards were not very big. So it's possible that Jesus wasn't that far away from Peter. And so when Peter denied him three times, Jesus turned and looked at him. Remember, he's just been bloodied. Face is all a mess, beaten, crown of thorn, all the rest of it. And he's kind of broken physically. And then he, Peter denies three times. Then he looks Peter in the eye. I mean, no wonder he wept bitterly. Would have been a pretty painful moment. Have you had those painful moments? I think we have, I think we have, maybe in different forms, but I think we've had it. Some of you are sitting there saying, but look, I've never denied the Lord with my words. Really? I doubt it, I'm sure you have. But what about with your works? Titus 1.16, they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him. So we don't serve God as we should. We know the Bible says in Ephesians 4, verse 16, every part does its share, causing growth of the body. So God expects every believer to serve him in some way. We don't want to deny him with our works. We say we're a follower of Jesus. We say, you are Lord of my life. I'm all yours. And then we don't, you know, we deny him with our works. But here's the good news. Here's the great news. Peter, after all of this, think about this. He becomes one of the greatest voices in the New Testament. He becomes, a, he's called a pillar in the church. He wrote parts of the New Testament. Can you believe this? Here's a man that denies Jesus three times. He swears and curses. I don't know the man. And yet he's transformed. Becomes a pillar. 
one of the great apostles, a miracle worker. What changed Peter? The resurrection. See, the resurrection changes everything. The resurrection releases power to change and transform our lives. That's why I say you won't always be like you are today. You won't always have the struggles that you have today. You won't always have the battles that you face today. The resurrection power has defeated hell, death and the grave and every demon spirit from hell so we can know the victory of the Lord. So we can walk in the triumph that God has for us. See, after the resurrection, Peter now knew that Jesus was everything he said he was. He now knew Jesus was the saviour of the world. He now knew that there was life, that death wasn't the end. Jesus risen from the goat. So there's a resurrection gonna come. And I reckon this put boldness in Peter, all of these things. He now knew who this Jesus was. And this is what helped to change his life. And we know it was after the resurrection that Jesus went to heaven. He got the promise of the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit to each and every one of us. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. All this after the resurrection. Holy Spirit is sent. Power is given to every born again believer to be changed, transformed, set free and to walk into more and more victory in their lives. That's why this day is so powerful, so important and so valuable, friends, to us. Romans 8, 11, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Man, we need a revelation of that. That God's power, resurrection power is in us. Do you know what that means? It means that Luke 10, 19 is true. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. I said all the power of the enemy that nothing may by any means harm you. You say, but that's not true in my life. What are you gonna believe, the facts or the truth? The truth said you have authority to defeat the works of the enemy in your life that nothing may by any means harm you. It also means that Mark 16 is true. In my name, you will drive out demons. You have authority given to you from heaven because of the resurrection and the power of God to drive demons out. Whatever demons they are that may be afflicting or troubling you. I love this quote I read somewhere. You can rest assured when you are down to nothing, God is up to something. Amen. I wonder how many of you are down to nothing today. Guess what? God is up to something. God is always up to something. Something good, something powerful, something life-changing, something amazing. When you're in the darkest depths, God's up to the greatest good. That's the God that I like serving. It ain't over. It's not over. The last chapters of your life have not been written and they're gonna be great chapters. Just tell the person next to you, the next chapter of your life is gonna be fantastic. How many of you believe that? <laughs> Why? Because the Bible says, uh, Psalm 23 verse six, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. Gosh, that time is going fast. I'm gonna hurry, hurry up. We may not, you may not get all this message. So we made a very strong prophetic declaration last Sunday morning. I felt it on the platform and I'm, I'm confident it's right. This was a declaration that Church Unlimited is in a move of God back to a restoration of the power of God as we see it in the early church. We're not there, but we're on the way. 
We're on the journey. We've started the move, friends. We are in a move of God. Sometimes you have to recognize it to enjoy it, to be a part of it. If you don't believe it, you're never gonna experience that. We are in the middle of a move of God. We've got a way to go, but we are, with God's help, we are gonna get there. We're gonna see the book of Acts repeated in this our day. And Jesus went further and said, greater works. Greater works. And Jesus said, get ready, friends, for the power of God in unusual ways. So let me give you some New Zealand Beyond Testimonies because it was marked by some of these things. A man got on his knees in the encounter session. A lot of this happened in the encounter session, by the way. A man got on his knees in the encounter session. He said, the presence of God just came on. This is a guy who's, I think, almost a scientist or something. His wife's a virologist. So he, you know, he doesn't make stuff up like I might at times. Um, <laughs> he got on his knees and the presence of God came. And then he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said this, listen to this, I am recoding your DNA. In other words, I am transforming your life. The Holy Spirit spoke to me, you know, that people's lives were transformed during this conference. And we're starting to get more testimonies that coming through. Here's another one. It's been a while since I could hear God, feel his presence. At conference, I wanted a supernatural encounter. I was desperate, I was hungry. During the encounter session, I heard God tell me to kneel, and I felt a hand on my back. That's the second time I've heard that, hand of God, someone's back. I, I, I felt a hand on my back, and I broke into tears. I've never felt God's love and presence like that ever before. Now I'm making sure I have my quiet times and pray and getting back into fasting. Is that transformation? Wow. Here's another one. When I knelt in the presence of God, I was quietly sobbing. Then God poured into me refreshing. Listen to this, and a joy and joy that I'd not had for a year. I got renewed hope. That's an encounter, folks. And then said this now she kneels at nights in silence because of what God's done in her life. Here's another one. For 14 years, not being able to take my weight on my knees or climb stairs without great pain, unable to do many things, 14 years. At conference, I think it was, this was in the, um, the supernatural session, uh, I was prayed for and I was healed. I tested it out by running up and down the stairs in the auditorium. I've already said there was another lady with cataracts or person with cataracts and both cataracts were healed in Jesus' name. Friends, I could go on and on and on. There are so many testimonies of encounter, breakthrough, healing that took place during this conference. <laughs> Only heaven knows what's gonna happen at the next conference. Yeah, yeah. See, this is what I've been saying. When you set aside two or three days to be with God, you make the sacrifice, you pay the money, you get annual leave to do it, God turns up. See, seek me, seek me, and you'll find me. You've got to position yourself, seeking God. If you're not yet signed up, registered for conference, please do so before you change your mind and you, know, you lose, the, lose the enthusiasm, the excitement, and the awareness of what God actually did at this conference. Because I could only imagine next year we'll go to another, another level. Because God doesn't start something and then just shut it down. Now, he keeps it going, friends, and it's going to be amazing, and we'll, we'll wait and see what God will do. Okay, so going back to our story about um, Peter, hmm. let me see what I have to miss out here. Okay, well, I'll just go very fast. 
Zombies are known as the living dead. They appear to have a form of life, but really they're dead inside. They can walk, breathe, eat, make noise. But friends, you and I can also walk, eat, breathe, make noise. But similar to zombies, we all have dead places, brokenness in our lives. Do you know why? Because life on earth is incredibly hard. It's hell on earth. That's why we need to offer people a lot of grace. Seriously, you just need to love people because you don't know their history. You don't know what they've been through. And so just be kind, be great, always be kind, be gracious to people. You know, I've said many a time, um, if there was a painometer in the church, we could measure the pain even in this auditorium and online, it would be off the charts. It would be. I just know it would because there is so much pain in people's lives. Um, you don't always see it, but it is actually, it is actually there. And... Um, you know, from the time we're born, we get broken. We get hurt, abused, criticized, rejected, fail, get disappointed. I don't know about you. That's true of my life. The day I was born, over the years, I've been broken again and again. In the years, so there's dead, dead places in my life, many of them, that I need God to awaken and bring back to life. And it's easy to act like we're doing okay, but the truth is we struggle through each day. Some of us trying to cope, trying to find hope. We're like the walking dead. We get up, we go to work, we clock in, we clock out, we pay the bills, we eat, sleep, we get married, we have kids, but life doesn't turn out as we expected. And we know how to put on a good face. Come to church, your life's a mess, put a smile on your face. People ask, how are you doing? Good. Lie. But sometimes you need to say, you know, you can't spill your beans all the time. I'm not saying do that, but, you know, we know how to cover up. But inside, we're struggling with dead places. And we can't, we can't fix those dead places, but the resurrection power of Jesus can. Yeah. <laughs> Ephesians 3, verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. See, God loves you, not because you're perfect, not because you're all whole inside. He loves you because you're his son and his daughter. Full stop. God's great love for you. So, when Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated every work of the enemy. On the cross, Jesus took our sins. He took our addictions, our brokenness, our abuse, our rejections, our failures. He took it all on himself. And he says in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we are healed. Heal body, soul, and spirit. Not just physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing. Every, every area of healing. Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is the message of the resurrection. God's power to change and transform our lives. It's not gonna happen overnight, but as we keep pursuing God, those dead places will be healed one at a time, hopefully two at a time, maybe more, depending on what it is. You won't always be like you are today. Keep reaching out to God. Keep believing in His resurrection. And also remember, He came to set the captives free, to open prison doors, to heal the brokenhearted. Body, soul, and spirit is a ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what was purchased for us at the cross on the resurrection and the power of God released to you and to me. Everything, listen to this, Everything that was meant to bury you was buried with Jesus in the tomb. (laughs) 
He's taken care of it, friends. He's taken care of it. You've got to reach out. Okay, let's get back to Peter quickly. John 21, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? Three times, do you love me? See, each time Peter says, you know I love you. So each of the three times Jesus is, uh, Peter is declaring his commitment to Jesus, all right? Three times he denied him. So now three times he's coming back and saying, hey, Jesus, I love you. You know I love you. Each denial has been canceled out by each recommitment that he makes to Jesus. And Jesus calls us out of him. And I think what Jesus is saying to Peter is, look, Peter, it's okay. You can start again. Now, I know you messed up, but I've got it. It's not over. There's another chance. You can pick it up again. And so Peter says, yeah, but I, I, I denied you twice. That's why Jesus said, look, it gives him a second chance to recommit and then a third chance and many times as you need to, to make it. So I think in the midst of this whole conversation, Jesus is just saying to Peter, look, it's okay, Peter. We're gonna move on from here. I've got great things in store for you. And we know for Peter, he had great things in store for him. So, you know, it's okay. I died for your failures. I rose again. So you can start again every time you make a mistake. How many of you are glad about that? Yes. Right? You can start again every time you make a mistake. You can start again. Don't get crippled by your mistake. Don't get crippled. Imagine if Peter said, right, I'm done. I'm done. Three times. Hey, it's as bad as it gets. It's It's over. How many of you thankful that Peter? Why is Peter in the Bible, friends? Why are his denials in the Bible? Why does he go from the denier to the, one of the great apostles? It's, it's in the Bible for you and me. It's to encourage us. It's to give us hope. It's to give us a, to know that it's not over. In fact, with God, it's never over. He has a great plan for you. He has a great future for you. The, the, the challenge is don't get paralyzed by an event. Don't let an event define you. Let Jesus, let the book, let the resurrection define you. You're a child of the Most High God with a great future in store for you. All right. So we're just about done here. John 21, 19, he said to him, follow me, asking Peter to make a second commitment to follow him. Earlier in Matthew 26, verse 58, Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. He's a very serious question. Are you following Jesus at a distance? See, Peter followed him at a distance to the courtyard. It's kind of like he wasn't quite there. How closely are you following him? Are you committed to following Jesus all the way despite anything life throws at you? That's the question, isn't it? If you follow him at a distance, when problems arise, there's a chance you fall away. But if you follow him close, then when trouble comes your way, do you know what happens? You get closer. You get closer. That's what's happened. I've found my struggles are what have caught me closer to God. But the danger is if you're following at a distance, and I say this with love and kindness and grace today, it is a dangerous place. Because when the trials come, it's kind of like you're not close enough to connect with him and his power to get you through the situation. But if you stay close to him, friends, every struggle, every battle, every trial will get you even closer. 
and you become more like Jesus. Then you can actually say, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. For them that love God, could we maybe say for them that follow Jesus closely? God works it all out for tremendous good in our lives. So after Peter's death on the cross, sorry, not Peter's death. Well, he did die on a cross eventually, sadly. But after Peter's life was transformed from denying Jesus, he's transformed to preaching Jesus to the world. It's Peter who says in Acts 2, 15, 17, these are not drunk as you suppose. It's only the third hour of the day, but he spoke well as pro- but he. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's Peter who says in Acts 3, 6, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. After he's beaten and told not to preach, it's Peter who boldly declares, Acts 4, verse 12, there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In Acts 5, 15, it's Peter's shadow that heals the sick. The resurrection transformed Peter from a complete failure to an incredible success, one of the great champions of the Bible. Since I got saved, I've made many mistakes. Two. <laughs> Too many to talk about. <laughs> many times I've failed and had to ask forgiveness. Each time Jesus comes back and says, follow me, And I've made many, many, many recommitments to follow Jesus. And I trust and pray each time I follow him closer and closer. I'm asking every person, as the musicians would come this Easter, to make a commitment of your life to follow Jesus closer than ever before. We can all get closer, friends. We can all get closer to him. God has a blessed future for all of us as we follow him closely. Psalm 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Amen.